All right, y'all ready for a gut check? Begins today. Today we begin an important chapter in our lives. Over the summer, we will do what we think we've already done, assess life, truly assess life. See, we must come to realize, what we must come to realize is that as much as we like to approach life as a Royal Caribbean cruise, the reality is much different, is it not? Life under the sun is not a Royal Caribbean, it's more Titanic. Now before we dive in, how about a little brief background on this book we're going to study, the book in the Bible titled Ecclesiastes. The English word Ecclesiastes comes from the Greek word ekklesia, which means assembly or gathering or most often church. The Greek word translates the Hebrew word koheleth. Koheleth is one who calls an assembly or leads an assembly. In this case, it's the assembly of God's covenant people. Now, our translation has the word preacher. Others have the word teacher. Some Bible versions just transliterate it, Koheleth. The Koheleth identifies himself in verse 1 with the son of David, king in Jerusalem, but likely it's not King David's son, Solomon, but someone from a, from a, from a later generation who is preaching according to the wisdom and life experiences of Solomon. It's possible that Solomon wrote the wisdom within this book, and the preacher is, well, preaching it. Now, the audience is ancient Israel. It's apparent that the nation was preoccupied with all sorts of social and economic issues, such as the volatility of the economy, the fragility of life, and the ever-present shadow of death. Sounds a lot like today. Sadly, the people of God were living far from God. Their lives were wrapped up in the marketplace, chasing after profit and gain. Sounds a lot like Today, the Koheleth, the preacher, speaks to them and to us, and he shows us the futility of such a life under the sun, apart from God. The phrase under the sun appears 30 times in Ecclesiastes. Under the sun, it refers to life on earth from purely a secular perspective, as if there is no God above to make sense of it all. We need to sit under the sobering wisdom of the Koheleth, the preacher. Especially since this global pandemic is coming to an end and we cannot wait for things to get back to normal. The preacher says, don't be in such a rush. Take a hard look at what normal life is like under the sun. Well, that'll have to do for now. Are you ready? Ecclesiastes chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 1 through verse, verse 11. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, vanity of vanity, all is vanity. What does man gain by the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind on its circuits. The wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, 
there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. This is the word of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. If you want to know God, if you want to know his will, if you want to know his way, then we must know his word. Let's pray. Father, this is a challenging word for your people, but it's a word we need to hear so that our eyes may be lifted above the fray to where our only hope and help can come from. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive, we pray. Amen. When Boris Becker won his third Grand Slam tennis title, the reporters gathered around him with cameras and microphones like they're wont to do, and they shoved them in his face. One reporter asked, Boris Becker, you've won your third Grand Slam tennis title. What is your greatest challenge facing you now? He looked into the cameras and answered, trying to think of a reason not to kill myself. When we think about such things, we must realize that Becker is not the only one who feels this sense of emptiness in the world. Jack Higgins, the author of such novels as The Eagle Has Landed, was asked what he would like to have known as a boy. His answer, that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Now, when we hear people talk like this, we often wonder what is wrong with them. Really, the question we should be asking, asking ourselves is, what is wrong with us that we don't agree with them? Why is it that we numb ourselves from the cold, hard truth that life is hard and then you die? Instead, we buy into the lie that though I'm not completely satisfied today, at least there's always tomorrow. And if not tomorrow, well, there's the day after tomorrow. And well, if not on that day, well, then there's the day to come. And so we put our hands to the plow of life and we toil day after day for elusive gain. To those here who are younger and you hear what I'm saying and you think, I've heard that before, some old guy telling me not to waste my life. Well, instinctively, you will reply, don't worry, pops. I've got this. But guess what? The Kimberly Clark Corporation has you all figured out. The same company that provided the Huggies diapers to cover you on the, when you were a little baby also makes the Depends adult undergarments <laughs> that you will one day wear at the end of your life. The day we start breathing is the day we start dying. Nothing can stop it. Our bodies tell us we don't have much time, but our minds lie and say, don't worry, everything is fine. Some of you here know this all too well, don't you? 
the writer of Ecclesiastes presents us with the most important wisdom we can ever begin to embrace. Look at verse 2. It's the theme of the entire verse, so we will no doubt come back to it in the weeks ahead. Here's what it says. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Now, the Hebrew word translated vanity is the Hebrew word hebel. Hebel literally means mist or vapor or mere breath. Have you ever released a drop of water on a hot skillet and seen it sizzle away? That's hebel. Have you ever tilted your head back on a cold morning and exhaled a fine mist saying, look, I can see my breath, only to have it disappear in half a second? That's hebel. Now, listen, the writer isn't just saying that life is hebel. He says it's hebel of hebel. In ancient Hebrew, when words are repeated, it's to magnify the word to its fullness. Today, we just put it in all caps, hebel. So the preacher says, vanity of vanities, and then he repeats it again, vanity of vanities, and he's still not done. He says, all, all is vanity. All of life is vapor, not just some parts of it, all. See, the preacher knows something about human nature. He knows that it's our tendency to agree that some things are vapor. Multi-level marketing schemes, vapor. Marrying a narcissist, vapor. Owning season tickets to the New York Jets, vapor. And we've all gone down, I'm sorry, some people are shaking their heads at that one. <laughs> Isn't it true, we've all gone down some road in life and realized it was empty, but what did we do? We just tried to find a different road. So the Wall Street executive makes a bold move to save his marriage and family, and he leaves the firm. He finally saw it for what it was doing for his life, vapor. But he just simply finds another road, perhaps the road of ease and comfort, or, or maybe just the simplified family office, and he settles in. What the preacher is saying, listen, is all roads all past, everything you can put your hands upon under the sun is vapor. And this is a place none of us wants to go. We want to tell Boris Becker that he just needs to look on the bright side of life. Maybe try something else for a while. Maybe a high colonic will do. But the, Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. With the writer of Ecclesiastes, I didn't think anybody knew what that meant. <laughs> but what the writer of Ecclesiastes is trying to shout into our heads until we finally stop denying it is that Boris Becker isn't wrong. He is right. It's not just his path of tennis that is vanity of vanities. All paths in life are vanities. Of vanities. This is the theme of this entire book. All is vanity. And throughout the book, what the preacher does is he takes us down a number of different paths in life that, that we humans tend to go down. Career, sex, gluttony, academics, 
binge-watching the Gilmore Girls. And he will show us with gut-wrenching clarity just how vaporous life is. And you know what? You need this. I need this. I need this sermon series. Before we march unquestionably back into living our normal lives post-COVID, let's see life for the vapor that it is and then seek God's path. So let's begin this serious gut-wrenching meaning of life inspection. In our passage today, he takes us down the first path. The writer takes us down the all-pain, no-gain path. From verses 3 through 11, he lays out that, 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 that the harsh, painful reality of life that we experience, we toil and toil, but ultimately it gets us nowhere. Look at verse 3. He begins with a brilliant question. He says, What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? Now, this is a rhetorical question, right? And what's the answer that he's implying? The answer is people gain nothing from all their toil. In the following verses, he presents a potent supporting argument. The first half of this passage, he gives us examples from the natural world. And in the second half of this passage, he gives us examples from our own human experience. So first, let's look at nature. And here's what he says. He says there's no gain in nature. Just look at it. It's just one big cycle over and over. Now, that's not what most people think about when they think about the world. Most think of what? Progress. The endless cycles taking us somewhere, but they don't. People tend to think that the next generation will make some great progress, and so we're just to have hope in the future. Not so fast, says the preacher. Verse 4, here's what he says. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. So in this sanctuary, there are older people who are no longer the younger generation. And they, we, will die in a number of decades. And you, the younger generation, will take our place as the older generation. And as always, a new younger generation will form and they will think that everyone over 30 is old-fashioned and out of touch. It's an endless cycle. Now, often it's the pop culture and often the musicians in our pop culture who describe the human condition so well, though they might not give us the answers we need to hear. Big Head Todd was right. He said, rise and fall, turn the wheel, because all life is is really just a circle. Preach it, Big Head Todd. Lucas Graham had a hit song a few years ago titled Seven Years. Towards the end of the song, he says, soon I'll be 60 years old. My daddy got 61. Remember life, and then your life becomes a better one. I made the man so happy when I wrote a letter once. I hope my children come and visit once or twice a month. Soon I'll be 60 years old. Will I think the world is cold, or will I have a lot of children who can warm me? Soon I'll be 60 years old. Preach it, Lucas Graham. The preacher is saying that as generations come and go, the same old earth upon which people toil is the same old earth. And even the sun is part of this endless cycle. Look at verse 5. The sun rises and the sun goes down and then hastens to the place where it rises. 
The daily journey of the sun seems pointless since it actually never ends up getting anywhere. There is no progress, just repetition. The band Pink Floyd and their song Time captures this theme. Listen. And you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. Preach it, Pink Floyd. The preacher then gives two other examples from creation of the endless, vaporous cycle in nature, wind and water. The wind blows from the north to the south and then back to the north again, only to blow to the south again. And the streams run to the sea, but the sea is never full. And yet the streams never run out and continue to full flow into the sea that's never full. The argument being made is that the sun and the wind and the mighty rivers have no gain for all their toil. You would think that something was being accomplished. Not something, but the answer is nothing. There is no gain. And then in verse 8, the, the preacher describes the futility of it all and, and how it should affect us, or at least should affect us. Verse 8, he says, all things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Do you see how this hebble-filled weariness affects the whole person? Man cannot utter it with his tongue. The eye is not satisfied, nor is the ear. The Rolling Stones were right. I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no, I can't get no, 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 no. Preach it, Rolling Stones. We can't get no satisfaction, so what do we typically do? We self-medicate. We fill ourselves with food, shopping, sex, cars, travel, family, keg stands, and day trading. At some level, we know it cannot really satisfy, satisfy but we will not let ourselves go there. If everything is vanity of vanities, then I prefer to act like all is okay. We hear people say things like, you can't take it with you when you go. And yet somehow we still live by the mantra, he who dies with the most toys wins. And so with each pay raise, and we get bigger and nicer cars and homes and vacations and dinners out. And sadly, what do we do? We teach the next generation just how wonderful it is to live to consume. But the preacher says, Vapor alert, vapor alert. And then with great emphasis in verse 9, the preacher presents us his conclusion. He literally rips apart every TED Talk on finding happiness and every B-list celebrity's call to just be true to yourself. Listen to what he says in verse 9. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. This phrase, under the sun, is an important one. It describes human life for every generation. It is lived under the sun. And there is nothing new under the sun. That is, there is no gain 
from all our pain. This is how life has always been. There is no gain that isn't taken away when the sun sets upon your life. Vapor. Mist. This is how all humans have lived and will always live. There's nothing new under the sun. And with this statement, he turns to the, from the cycle of nature and how it provides no gain to show us how this is all true, also true of human history. For all the pain, there is no gain. In verse 10, the preacher anticipates his audience's objection. What do you mean there's nothing new under the sun? Have you not seen the new Tesla Model S? No, not the old one. I mean the new one, the plaid model. It goes like zero to 60 in less than two seconds. My friends, think about it. There's nothing new about human beings creating things to help us get around faster. Hey, what's that? That's a chariot. Wow. Crazy. What's that? That's a locomotive. Wow. Crazy. And everything that seems new there underneath is the old upon which it has evolved. From the secular perspective of life under the sun, there is nothing new. There is no progress under the sun that delivers you from the hebel. Let me repeat that. There is no progress under the sun that can deliver you from this existence. There's nothing you can do. Let this sink in. There's nothing you can toil at that will take you above the hebel. Become famous? No. Famous people die every day. Invent a cure for cancer? Well, that'd be great. I would thank you. But every physician and even every person they've ever cured under the sun dies. Listen, there's nothing you can do to lift yourself above the mist that is called life under the sun. There's nothing. That's what the writer is saying. Well, how about I leave a legacy or just leave the world a better place? He addresses that. You know, I have a friend in high school, dearly loved friend, still really close with him. He's written at least 13 screenplays. He keeps thinking that someday he'll make it big. He just needs the better agent, right? He toils and he toils under the sun. At times I've shared the gospel with him and once I asked him, I said, but, but what about when you die? Don't you worry about how just death brings an end to it all? He replies, but if I have a blockbuster movie, then I will leave a legacy, and my name will live on forever. Listen, lean in on this. Listen, it is a sad world that we live in when at best, listen, all you can gain from all your toil is just a name to live on or to leave the world a better place. And sadly, not even that is true. That is what our last verse gets at. It says, there is no remembrance of the former things, nor will there be any remembrance of the latter things yet to be among those who come after Real quick now, tell me the name of the person who invented the wheel. Who was first to blow on a dandelion? 
Who invented barbecue sauce? I want to thank them. <laughs> no one knows. No one cares. Get your name on the wing of a hospital. Guess what? In 100 years, when they add on to the wing, guess what? The name will change again. They once named the tallest mountain in North America after U.S. President William McKinley. 2015, the Department of the Interior changed its name to Denali. What about that wonderful Tappan Zee Bridge over the Hudson, named after the a local Native American tribe? With one quick stroke of a pen, Governor Andrew Cuomo renamed it to honor his daddy. The official sign now reads, Governor Mario M. Cuomo Bridge. I still just call it Tappan Zee. Leaving a legacy is vanity of vanity. Whatever legacy you create from your toil under the sun will remain under the sun, and like all things left under the sun, what will happen to it? It will fade. Listen, let the wisdom of Ecclesiastes have its proper effect upon you. There's nothing you, can, you and I can do under the sun that can ever lift us above the hevel. There's nothing. Nothing we can do under the sun to alleviate the vanity of it all. Life under the sun is hebel of hebel. It's a drop of water in a frying pan. Can you hear the sizzle? It's not bacon. It's you. Do you understand this? Now, I told you this sermon series would be a gut check. Is there, any, is there really nothing to be gained from all the pain on earth? Should we, like Boris Becker, lament the day we were born and look for a way out? Were the French existentialists right? Are we trapped in some Sisyphean horror? Is there really no profit, no gain to be had under the sun? Well, the writer of Ecclesiastes, he wants us to soak in this so that we can feel the angst of our predicament. He wants us to gain a sense of our own, what, hopelessness. Why? So that we will lift our gaze from under the sun to above it. The book of Ecclesiastes shows the people of God the futility of living life apart from God. Life under the sun is a life lived with one's eyes solely on the horizontal plane without ever looking up in humility towards heaven. What the preacher wants us to understand is that under the sun, there is no gain from all our earthly toil. And such a word should ring familiar, should it not? In the New Testament, Jesus asked, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Earlier, Lisa Shaw read from Luke chapter 12, where Jesus told the parable of a man who was so proud for all his toiling and gaining. He looked over all of his success and he said, what shall I do? I have nowhere to store up all my grains and crops. Look at my gain. Oh, I know. I'm going to tear down my old barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have ample goods for many years. And then I can buy that second home in the Hamptons and relax and eat and drink and be merry. And God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? The cycle. Jesus concludes, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. 
Apart from God, people gain nothing from all their toil. That's the point we're getting at here this morning. Apart from God, people gain nothing from all their toil. So let us be glad to hear that Jesus says there can be gain from all your toil. It comes when we see the futility of just trying to live our life apart from, apart from God, our creator. And then we lift our eyes to the heavens and we behold God in his grace and in his mercy. And we realize there is an answer. And guess what? It lies outside the hebel. Above the sun, not under the sun, is where our meaning and purpose and happiness comes from. Listen, in Christ Jesus, there is something new under the sun. New covenant, new birth, new life, new creation, new heavens, new earth. All are found in Christ Jesus. If you're here today and your soul is troubled by what we've been studying, first know that you're, you're in the right place. See, until you start despairing and seeing the depths of your circumstances apart from God, you will not desire his solution. Just, just keep on keeping on. And second, understand this amazing truth and receive it into your lives. The Son of God became Hebel for us. Don't gloss over this. God himself left heaven above the earth. He left heaven and entered into this painful toil under the sun. The Son of God entered this vicious cycle of life and death and life and death and weariness. And he rose from the dead. And as he rose, guess what? The cycle was broken for all who trust in him. See, Jesus didn't just die and leave a legacy. He rose and he lives he doesn't offer you a legacy. He offers you life, eternal life, set free from the hebel. It's amazing, right? Think about it. Whereas you and I have no resources, none whatsoever, to lift ourselves out of the hebel of our existence, God in love sent his son who came down to do just that. Jesus Christ left heaven above, above the sun, to live in our place under the sun. Jesus entered this all-pain world, and he died with all the pains of the world upon himself. All the sin and sorrow, hebel upon hebel, Jesus bore that pain upon the cross so that, one, your sins may be forgiven, and two, that his pain would become your gain. When you turn your eyes to Jesus, you will see that he changes everything for you. Not that, not that you're lifted out of the hebel. It will go on, as we will see in the weeks ahead. But listen, now you have your fingers on the key to living in the hebel with hope. 
Though we continue to live life under the sun, S-U-N, our lives are now lived under the sun, S-O-N. It's the only God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's able to meet you in your hevel and lift you above it. And one day he will return to fix it all forever. And until then, though, you actually can produce gain from your toil as you deny yourself, take up his cross, your cross, and follow him. You can, in the power of the Holy Spirit, live for Christ and his kingdom. You truly can store up treasure in heaven. In Christ, though your labor is in pain, it is no longer in vain. Let's pray. Father, we know why this book is in your holy scriptures. Because throughout all generations, as they come and as they go, we need this sobering word from heaven to redirect our lives, to, to, to chasten our earthly affections, to turn our eyes towards heaven, that we may look towards Christ, that we may see that though life is full of vanities of vanities, all is not lost in Christ. He is our hope. Help your people here gathered in this room to delight in this truth and live it out, we pray.